Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 60 of UAB Green and Told, original air date Monday, December 6th, 2021. Through this podcast, we are able to share stories from members of the UAB community. You can listen into previous episodes at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold on Spotify and with the Apple Podcast app and be sure to leave a written review so we can reach more alumni. I'm Greg Berry, a UAB alum and assistant director in the UAB Office of Alumni Affairs. Today, we welcome Adam Aldrich to the Green and Told podcast. Adam has made a career out of computers and is currently president of Airship, a UAB Excellence in Business Top 25 award-winning company, one that he'll share was being created during one of life's finer moments. I'm having my third kid. My wife and I are in the, the delivery room, and I'm, I've got a, like, you know, create an LLC for dummies book. <laughs> the survivor of a tornado that tore through the Birmingham area as a kid, Adam will also explain why that twister has helped shape who he is today. You have no control. Like, there's no control. It, you are, feel like you're about to die. I mean, I, I just accepted at that point I was about to die. And when you go through something like that, it really changes you. When you, when you don't die, you start looking at life a lot differently. And he'll reveal why his journey as a UAB student was altered by family, kids, and entrepreneurship. Just take it step by step, one class at a time, and eventually you're going to get to where you want to go. And it, it took a while. It took me like seven years to get my degree, but, but I finally got it. Over the last four years, Adam Aldrich has been part of each class of UAB Excellence in Business Top 25 winners. He's helped grow his business from a small startup to one that has gained tremendous respect. That success, however, was not given, but earned, especially when you consider where he was in high school. I got bored a lot. Um, I didn't do very well in school. Like I did enough to get by, you know, ABC student, occasional D. I was not great at math or anything like that, but I, I really love computers and technology. And when I was growing up, that just wasn't part of your education. We had typewriters in our first, uh, you know, typing class. And so, you know, we're, there wasn't an opportunity to really get into computers or technology or anything. And even growing up out in the Grove, you, you couldn't even get internet access in the early days. Like you couldn't even get dial up and stuff like that. So uh, I got bored a lot. I guess that's kind of what led me to not having the greatest grades because the things I enjoyed weren't part of it. But I grew up doing a lot of like traditional stuff that people in the country do. I rode motorcycles. I played baseball, played football. I wrestled in high school. So I love sports. I love com competition and competing. It's, it's just always been something I've really enjoyed doing. So I didn't get in too much trouble, you know, just uh, silly stuff like, you know, boys, boys stuff, uh, skipping school every now and then for because I didn't want to take a final or something like that. So just dumb stuff, but, uh, but nothing bad. I was, I was a good kid. I uh, followed the rules and I think most of the teachers liked me other than they just thought I was uh, lazy because I didn't do do great in school. But uh, but no, I, I think um, that was kind of me, just a typical normal boy growing up out in the country. So let's double back just a little bit because you said you had an interest in yeah. computers. What led to that yeah. interest and why computers? I was always the kid who, like when we get a new uh, VCR or some new electronic device, I was always the person who set it up because I was the only one who could figure out how to program the remote and stuff like that. Uh, so technology just always was fascinating to me. And then um, my aunt got a computer when I was around, uh, see, I think I was around like 12 or so. She got a computer. And so I went over to her house to help set it up. And we had dial up finally. And I got on AOL, which was internet 
uh, America Online at the time. And I just, that was kind of like the thing that hooked me because I figured out, oh, there's people out there that I can talk to and I can learn from and I can teach myself how to program. So that really was when I started like figuring out how do I make this thing do what I want it to do. And right around that time too, like a couple of years later, the tornado, April 8th, 1998, uh, tore down our school in Oak Grove and they sent us to a vocational school, Gilmore Bell. And it, it kind of actually worked out good for me because they brought in computers. So we replaced those typewriters with actual computers. And so it was a, it was nice. That was my junior year, sophomore, junior year. So I actually got to spend time in the computer lab. I just want to know how things work and I want to get my hands dirty and like figure it out. So just technology's kind of been in me for a long time like that. You mentioned the tornado in 1998 that destroyed the, the high school. It was kind of a yeah. defining moment. It was a scary moment for you, but it was also a defining moment in your life. Explain. So I was at my church, Rock Creek Church of God, um, and I was sitting next to a glass door. Um, and it was like the only glass door in the whole church that didn't blow out. And if it had, it would have sucked all of us out. I mean, because we had our whole church lined up in the hallway. And I mean, it was so scary because when that thing hits, it, it, the, the sound and the shaking and like when things are getting torn apart and ripped apart and it starts to pick you up off the ground and you all you can do is just pray like you you have no control like there's no control it, you are, feel like you're about to die I mean I, I just accepted at that point I was about to die and when you go through something like that it really changes you when you when you don't die you start looking at life a lot differently and I was 15 at the time so you know I was still a kid but I started looking at life saying you know I think I'm here for a reason. I live for a reason and I need to make what I do for the rest of my life matter. It needs to, there's a, there needs to be purpose behind what I do. I don't need to just kind of go through life. And so that's when I really started trying to figure out what I was good at and what I could provide to the world and value. And that's, that's really where I really started digging into programming and coding and computing and trying to, because at the time, nobody knew the internet was like a thing that was going to make you money or you were kind of like made fun of for liking technology at the time for being a nerd or a geek. Um, but it was something I saw as like the future was programming and computing and connecting people and creating great experiences. And so that's what I wanted to really dig into and figure out how to make more of that work. Um, but yeah, it was a really defining moment because afterwards, like we went out and helped find people. Um, we, I rescued a guy um, from our church who had been thrown he was thrown up a hill like two, 300 yards. And um, we were walking around and I just heard a faint like help and nobody else heard it. I just, and I was like, y'all hear that? And they were like, no, I don't hear anything. And finally we heard it. We ran up the hill and a big oak tree had like fallen back and placed him underneath it and, and like fallen back on him. And the roots had like kind of protected him from a lot of the debris. Um, but we were able to save his life, get him out of there, put him on a stretcher. And um, you know, it, it was, it was a, uh, a good growing up experience for a 15 year old me to realize like, Hey, life is more than just sports and motorcycles and, and goofing off. Like you need to start making your life have a purpose. Here you are in your mid thirties. Did you think that that tornado would define your life so much that it'd still be impacting you today? That's a good question. At the time, no, I didn't. Um, you know, it's just one of those things you go through and you're just trying to like, you know, because a lot of people died. You know, we lost a lot of people in our community, um, a lot of people I looked up to. And, and um, it was tough, you know, losing people like that. And in our school, we lost people at our school. 
So you go through the grieving process and that takes a while. And then you go through the change of you, you don't even have a school anymore. You've got to go to this vocational school where it's completely different. Um, and they're tr trying to cram all these people in there and the, the teachers are, and the principals are doing their best to try to figure out how to make this work. Uh, that took about a year, I would say, you know, to kind of go through that change. But then we settled in and life kind of became normal. And then I think um, that's when things really started to kind of like, I started figuring out my path in life and figuring out, okay, here's where, here's where computing is going. And they, the, the school also, one of the great things they did is they let me leave um, early. So I got to co-op my junior and senior year. And I found a company in Hueytown that um, it did computing software for county government. And I, I begged them to just let me come work for them. I was like, hey, can you just please, like, I just want to get around other engineers so I can learn how to program. And they told me, no, they wouldn't even let me work for free in the beginning. <laughs> and the owner, he had owned a farm and he said, if you'll come bush hog for me, uh, I'll let you work, sit with the computer programmers and, and learn from them. And so I did that. I worked for free for a couple of years. And, but it was such a great experience for me because that's how I got to learn how to be a, like really take my program to the next level. And so the tornado, you, you don't see that at the time, right? You see this is a terrible thing. People have died. But without that, I might not have got that opportunity because the co-oping wasn't something they really did at Oak Grove. It was something they kind of just kind of had to do because the schools were so full and they were just looking for opportunities to give people a chance to get a better education. And I just told them, like, hey, I really want to get into computing. I've got this job with this uh, company that's going to teach me how to compute. Can I just leave the, the day? And I'm like, yeah, that, that'd be great. So that really helped my career take off. So it, it, it isn't something you look at the beginning, but. When you start to see those dots connect, you do see that uh, it, it down the line, looking back, it does all make sense now. What was going through your mind as the next steps for your education? You said you weren't yeah. the greatest student, but obviously you have to get a background to make it anywhere. Yeah, I really did start taking school more seriously um, my senior year. That's when I had, because um, I'm co-oping with this company and I found out I'm actually really good at programming. It's something that just comes very natural to me. I mean, I have to work very hard at it, but it's it's one of those things where it, it either kind of clicks with people or it doesn't click with people. And it clicked with me because I'm sitting with engineers and actually my senior year, they let me start building software to do uh, deeds and mortgage. So if you go to the courthouse to record a deed or mortgage. Um, at the time, you that was all done like, they just created a, what they would call a file and they just created an index. But there was the documents themselves were not scanned. They were scanned on these like old microfilm scanners. And so scanning technology at the time was starting to become more popular. So what I did, is they helped, they let me build a software package that would let you scan these and digitize them and put them online. And, you know, here I am a you know, 15, 16 year old kid doing something that's really important for, you know, making documents available to people easier. And that really clicked with me like, okay, you, you're good at this. You can do these things. You need to really focus on this. So what do you, what kind of education do you need to take to the next step? And I started looking at, um, you know, where do I want to go to school and UAB was always top of my list. I, I just, um, wanted to stay in Birmingham. I love Birmingham and I've always respected UAB. It was always a school that was on my list. Um, and I started looking at the, the different options. At the time, you really had two. It was computer science or uh, there was a business computing degree. But the business computing degree was more around basic like SQL and Excel and Word and things like that, which I already knew that stuff really well. But the computer science degree was like really 
difficult programming. And I was like, that's what I want to do. But it was, it was scary for me because I looked at the math curriculum to go with that. And you had to go to Cal three and I'm, I was terrible at math. I mean, really, really bad at it. I think I made like a 11 on my math on the ACT or something. It was just awful. <laughs> and so, uh, I was like, you know what, I'm going to have to work really hard for this. So what I did is I jumped to Jeff state in the beginning because I'm working full time during the day when I graduate, I work full time during the day. So I, I get up at six, I go to work, I work until five o'clock. And then Jeff state had a Hueytown campus that was right next to the office that I worked at. So I went to Jeff state and I would start at five 30 and then I would go to school till 10, come home, do some homework, do a little bit of studying, go to bed around like one or two o'clock in the night, get up at six and do that all over again. And so, uh, but, I, but my whole reason for going to Jeff State was just more convenience. And it was, um, I was able to get a lot of the like core stuff out of the way, but it was great because the whole time I'm doing this, they had a STARS program that Alabama had implemented. And what that did, it, it was great because the universities like UAB and Alabama and Auburn all would work with the community colleges to say, these are the classes, if you take these, they will transfer over. And it was very clearly defined, but my eye was always, all right, Go to Jeff State, get it for a couple of years, get your core out of the way, and then transfer to UAB and take all of your computer science at UAB because that's where you're really going to get to learn a lot. And so I did that for two, three years um, and then transferred over to UAB and started focusing on the computer science side and taking more of the heavy math and stuff. And it, it was ugly. Like basically, you know, I felt you have to humble yourself, right? You have to say, I'm really bad at math and I'm going to start at I started O97, which was very basic algebra, and I just had to humble myself and say, that's okay. This is what you got to do. You just got to go through it and just take it step by step, one class at a time, and eventually you're going to get to where you want to go. And it, it took a while. It took me like seven years to get my degree, <laughs> but, but I finally got it for UAB, and uh, it, it was really nice. You were at UAB in the early 2000s with the computer science program. Obviously, computers have come a long way since the inception, you know, back 50s, 60s, when they really started working on them. But computers have come a long way even since when you were in school and learning about them. What was it like as a part of the computer science program then? It, it, you're right. It's very different. So um, I graduated 2008. Cell phones were a thing, but the iPhone had really just came out, right? So you have to think back to a time when most people just have a flip phone in their pocket. They don't have access to the internet uh, on demand like we do. There aren't apps. So if you want to get online, you're you're on a computer with the big, huge monitors and uh, towers. You know, that's a, you have to think back to the time of, of that. That's the way it was back then. Um, and so what we were doing was, uh, it was really cool because what UAB did was focus on a lot of the core fundamentals of programming. Um, that's one thing I didn't understand at the time because I learned a language when I was building software for the county governments. But what I had never done is like learned another language. And so UAB, when I got there, they taught Java, which was something I didn't know. And it forced me to have to learn it. And what I realized was like, oh, there's like these core concepts that exist through all, all of computer science. And that's what UAB focused on is the core concepts. And I learned, it was really, we had a, a class on just really old languages, like from the, you know, 50s and 60s. And so we went through, these are languages that we used to use back in the day to do punch cards and things like that. But going through that process was really enlightening to me because it opened up your your mind to, oh, there's more than just this one tech, you know, one thing. And that served me well because 
that's one thing you have to be embracing is that technology is going to change a lot every single year. And we have to constantly be reevaluating new technologies at Airship to learn to take advantage of new things. I mean, we at one point when we were building mobile technology, there was a technology called PhoneGap. Uh, this is probably like 2013, 2014 when we first started Airship and we were building our apps in that. But it was it was just not a great technology. And uh, my co-founder, Trent, and I, uh, React Native had just came out and he started looking into it. And we we're like, this is a technology that's really going to make mobile development so much easier. We need to we need to learn it. And so we just flipped. All, I told all our engineers, we're not, no longer doing PhoneGap. We're doing React Native. You got to learn it. And so, you know, knowing that you can constantly, you know, the core and you can learn how to new te- learn new technologies is just it really is part of being an um technologies that you have to embrace. You mentioned that it took you a couple minutes to, to graduate from UAB. It took you a few <laughs> years. During this whole process, you're still working for the county. You get married yep. and you're still going to school. So what was your collegiate experience like? Because it was different than the traditional student. It was way different. And I didn't realize that at the time that, that the path I was taking was so different than most people. Um, but my wife and I, we, we started dating when we were 15. Uh, so we were high school sweethearts and I mean, she's, she's such a huge supporter. I mean, there's no way I could do any of this without her. Um, and she, when we got married and when she was about, we both were like 22, 23, we had, a, got pregnant with our son. She said, I want to stay at home with our son. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to quit work. She'd worked for regions at the time. I mean, it's our compass. And, um, she said, uh, you know, I want to quit and stay at home with him. I was like, okay, we'll, we'll figure out how to make that work. And so, you know, I'm working full time during the day, going to school full time at night, and I've got a son on the way and, you know, I'm going to be the sole income provider. Um, But it was it was tough, but it was really good for us to go through because it forces you to really figure out what you're capable of. I mean, because I already was working what I felt like was a lot, but it's like, all right, here's another level that you got to figure out how to do. And I did take a year off from school, um, and mo- and this is I remember this. Everybody was like, "You will never go back if you take off. You will never go back. Don't take off." And I said, "Look, I got to. I've got to because I've got to support my family, and I've just got to. I can't go do both of these at the same time." And I did, and they it, it was hard. It was hard to say, "You've had a year off. You've had a little bit of rest and and kind of like reset the clock." But I I was like, "I'm going to do it," and I went back and slowly started working my way through, and so. What I did was I didn't go full time at night anymore. I went part time um, and I only could take classes you know, at night. And one of the things, too, is you start to chip away at those classes that you need. And in the computer science division, um, we weren't big. I mean, we, I think we had like maybe maybe I may be wrong on this, but it was like 11 people graduate in our computer science class or something like that. So we're talking about small computer science at the time. UAB has grown tremendously in computer science since then, but at the time it was a small classes. So they would teach one class that I needed every other semester. So it got to the point where I was having to, you know, take a class. I could only take one class every other semester to kind of like get to where my graduation point was. But it was so nice because UAB didn't change the experience for people that went at night. Like I felt like I got the same experience as other people. Like you still got the same professors, they still treated you the same. Still felt like I got the same level of education. It was still really hard and difficult to work through. So you take the the co-op experience that went into uh, a job with the county. You take what you learned at UAB, and then what? What'd you do? 
you know, I loved, I loved the, the place I was at, uh, you know, but I'd been there a long time, the county government place, and I really needed to, to take my skills to the next level. Um, and it just wasn't getting the opportunity to do that there. And so I started looking for, um, you know, just what other jobs are out there, because at the time, um, well, and still this way, a lot of places like you have to have a computer science degree to get a job. So I'm like, I've got the experience. I've got the degree. Where can I go? So I started looking at, at other opportunities and um, I found a place called Daxco. I got to be around other people that were like myself. They were very driven. They wanted to build great software. They love uh, creating a great culture of excellence and things like that, that just um, kind of took me to the next level. And it was during the time at Daxco that you met your future business partner and you started yeah. to lay the foundation to what is now Airship. Talk a little yep. bit about the process of meeting Trent, what went into you know, the collaboration of starting this company off the ground. The great thing about Trent was he's, he's the more visionary, design-focused, experienced person. Like he's, he's very good at like taking a concept and creating a design for it and making that experience amazing. Like he, that's sort of, he is, and I'm more the back end. I can create the architecture that will make that thing work really well and really smoothly and scale to new levels. Um, and so our two personalities were really great because we, we kind of complemented each other really well. We were able to focus on what we wanted to do. And so I, we were trying to figure out what do we want to do? Like, what are some ideas that we've got to build a product? And I had worked in the county government space uh, and I knew that space really well. Well, at the time, car tag renewals in Jefferson County were a nightmare. People were spending five hours standing in line. People were like literally passing out in line, you know, and having to go to the hospital. Um, and we were like, we got to do something about this. What's going on? And so what had happened was they had an insurance law change where you had to show proof of insurance to renew your car tag. Well, the only way you could do that was go to the courthouse. And so that's what it created. It took where you couldn't renew online really anymore for certain things. You had to go to the courthouse. And so we came up with the idea, what if you could take a picture of your insurance card through a mobile app? Because, you know, mobile apps are now a thing and we could upload it to the courthouse. They could look at it, verify it. If there was an issue, then we could go back and forth through the app and the, the, um, the portal for the uh, clerk. They could go through and verify it through this process. And so we built an app that did it. And um, it took about four to six months or something like that. And I had some contacts from uh, some previous uh, government stuff and I showed it to them. Trent and I drove up there, showed it to them. And they were like, I love it. Let's do it. And so that kicked off. We called it County Apps and um, it was really fun. So, you know, sales, marketing, accounting, taxes, all the things it takes to run a business. I didn't know. We didn't know any of that stuff. You know, we, we didn't even know what we were doing. So we didn't even know how to create a company. We didn't have any money either. So we, this is 2013 when we decided to create the company. Um, I'm having my third kid. My wife and I are in the, the delivery room and I'm, I've got a like, you know, create a, an LLC for dummies book <laughs> that I'm reading. And it's got like a little form in there that you could fill out like a pre-filled LLC agreement. And so I'm filling this thing out. And, you know, I, I filed the paperwork the next day after we had our, our uh, third daughter, Kara. We really didn't know what we were doing, but hey, it worked and we figured it out and uh, kind of figured out how to make it work. But we we eventually we got about three to four customers because it was just a side gig for us. Like this was not distracting us from our work at Daxco. We, we were very respectful to Daxco because they were so good to us. This was just something we were doing on nights and weekends. But we did start to get it started to grow so fast that it was starting to take up that you know, we could see that 
coming down the pipe. We've got to do something here. We can't we can't serve two masters uh, in this in this instance here. So we um, started looking at how do we how do we leave? You know, how do we leave Daxco and how do we take this company to the next level? And Trent and I don't come from wealthy families. Uh, we didn't want to take funding either because um, we really wanted to kind of like go through that experience of bootstrapping it and figuring out how to grow it organically. And so we um, we decided to do some consulting work because we felt like, oh, we can do take our nights and weekends, do consulting work. Let's turn that into a full time thing. And I remember, too, at the time, uh, my wife, Dixie, and I sat down and we went through and I was like, I'm I'm about to leave what is a fantastic job with a great, you know, great group of people. Do we really want to do this to take on something that we have no clue this is going to work? Because like nine out of 10 startups fail. Like there's a 90% chance we're going to fail at this. And she was so good. She was like, it's, it's fine. We'll figure it out. You know, and we, we prayed about it and we really just felt like it was the right decision. And Trent and I put together a, a spreadsheet and it had, what's the minimum number that you need to sort of survive, right? And like, you know, what can you get by? You only need one car. Uh, what, what does it take to make your mortgage payment? You know, can you survive on spaghetti and ramen noodles type thing? <laughs> so we had like a, a base minimum of like, this is how much per hour you need in a 40 hour work week to like get by. And it was really good because it created sort of like, okay, you know, we could, we could survive. I mean, I'm, we didn't grow up wealthy and uh, we, we were great. Like we were both had super, you know, nice childhoods. And, and uh, I was like, I can, it's not a big deal. And so, uh, so we just, it gave us some confidence that we could do it. And we did, we kind of set our, our um, first hourly rate, like double what the minimum was. And it wasn't much at the time, but um, we started doing that. And then we're building County apps on the side. So County apps is our product. And we're really just taking all the money we make from, the consulting gig and funneling in the county apps. And um, eventually it started to realize like, we actually like the consulting side more than we like the product side. And so we started looking to sell the company um, county apps and do more of, we weren't airship at the time, but we like, we really love the consulting stuff. Like we were working with church of the Highlands at the time was one of our biggest customers. Um, they're still one of our biggest customers today. And like, we were getting to make software that impacted hundreds of thousands of people you know, every week. And, uh, and it was really rewarding to know that I can build this and I can, someone can have a request and I can do it and it can have an impact on someone's life immediately. And I don't have to go through all these hoops to try to get it sold into accounting and all that stuff. So, so we sold that company. This is around 2016, September. And we really started focusing on, uh, airship at the time. So we did rebrand. So just to give you a timeline, we spent about three years working uh, full-time days doing consulting work and nights and weekends doing the county app stuff. So from 2013 to 2016. Um, and then we, 2016, we really doubled down and focused on airship. We rebranded into airship and um, we started focusing on the consulting side and, and brought in some new people to help us with sales and product management and things like that. You, you talk about consulting, you talk about products, you talk about airship. What exactly is airship? What do you do? So we do custom software We, in a nutshell. We build custom applications. So if someone's got a problem they need help with, uh, they want to build a technology solution, they've got an idea, they come to us and we help them design it. But we do more than just that because there's lots of companies that do that. Uh, our mission is that we exist to create transformational change through remarkable experiences. And so when I say that, 
I really mean that we focus on the experiences and the things that we build. We're very picky about the customers we take on. We don't take on just anyone. The, the idea has to be exciting and it has to have some transformational change on top of it because the types of people we hire, they don't want to just write code. They want to build things that make a difference in the world. And that's, that's why we look for customers that kind of focus on those things. Again, like I talked about with Church of the Highlands, like it, it really meant something to know that if I build this thing, like hundreds of thousands of people are going to use it and they're going to appreciate it. You know, it's just very exciting when you do those kinds of things. So uh, we've worked with, and we've, you know, done work with uh, churches and we do construction with construction companies. We've done um, logistics. Like we kind of go, we don't really have a market that I would say that we specifically focus in. We have two or three that we are really good at, but as long as it's got something that's uh, a transformational change on top of it and they want a good experience, um, that's where we, we bring them in. So you're in the business of, of growing other people's businesses, but you've grown your business. Four straight years, UAB Excellence in Business Top 25 Awards, which is remarkable. And that's based off of revenue growth. Where is the company at today? Because it's no longer the four individuals working, you know, in Innovation Depot and moving over to a small room in Pepper Place. Yeah, it's 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 been such a blessing. I mean, when I look back, you know, 2013 is not that long ago, but we have changed so much. I have changed so much as an entrepreneur and, and I've learned so much. The people we've hired are just like if you could if I could go back to 2013 and say, your company's going to look like this as it exists today. And you're going to have all these fantastic crew members that uh, I would have, I would have been like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I will take that all day long. <laughs> it, the journey to get there has not been easy. Uh, I think we're at 41 crew members right now. We've, we've got around like five or six uh, engineering positions open. So we're constantly growing. We want to be around 51 people. It's our goal at the end of the year, based on our revenue goals. Adam Aldrich. Adam earned his Bachelor of Science degree in Computer and Information Science from the UAB College of Arts and Sciences in 2006. Today, he serves as president and co-founder of Airship here in Birmingham. And as a longtime student, Adam has a good idea of what it means to be a blazer. I always felt like growth and opportunity were just built into UAB's culture as part of something that they really encouraged. And like, you know, again, my class was like 11 people, but we never felt like we were underdogs and that we weren't, we were getting a, a worse experience. It always felt like we've got something special to offer and we're gonna continue growing that. And I, I don't know how big the computer science department is now, but I know it's one of the fastest growing departments. Uh, and then UAB has grown tremendously since I um, left there. And I think that's because, and I know it's because of the people that they've hired um, that, want to grow and they want to get better and they want opportunity. Um, it's not a school where you go to to just kind of get by, you know, you go there because you want to learn a lot. And again, I think it's a lot of the working you, you get. You do get people who work and go to school there more than most places because it's not isolated out in some you know different area. It's part of Birmingham, which is a working city. And I think that they do a really good job embracing that. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it just I always felt like the great energy of like, I'm everybody here who leaves UAB is going to matter. Like the work they're going to do is going to mean something one day. Be sure to listen into previous episodes of UAB Green and Told. You can find all of them at alumni.uab.edu slash green and told. You can also listen in on Spotify and the Apple podcast app. Have a story to share? 
email me at greenandtold at uab.edu. Finally, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search UAB Alumni. Thanks for listening, and until next time, Go Blazers!